When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of the Golf Unfiltered podcast is brought to you by WorldwideGolfShops.com. Be sure to go out to WorldwideGolfShops.com for all of your equipment, apparel, and accessory needs. They've even got training aids. They've got all the great stuff from all the brands that you hear on our podcast every week. So once again, that is WorldwideGolfShops.com. You're listening to the Golf Unfiltered Podcast, your source for in-depth interviews with the biggest names, brands, and personalities in golf. Our mission, to keep you informed and help you enjoy the game even more. And now, the owner and host of the Golf Unfiltered Podcast, Adam Fonseca. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Golf Unfiltered Podcast. Host, as always, Adam from GolfUnfiltered.com. You can follow us all over social media at Golf Unfiltered. Send us an email, golfunfiltered at gmail.com. Hello to our friends who are listening to this episode on the THP mobile app, our friends over there at thehackersparadise.com, of course. And hello to our friends over at Cleveland and Srixon Golf. Folks, today we welcome back a fan favorite of the podcast, and that is Mr. Michael Verska, now of Callaway Golf. Michael's been on the show many times before, talking about everything from new equipment design to new technologies to custom fitting. And today, we talk a little bit more about his new role at Callaway Golf. Uh, He's actually been there for about six months now. And we talk all about the new Maverick line of clubs over at Callaway. And, of course, we actually touch a little bit on the distance report as well. And so I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. Michael always has a lot of great things to say uh, regarding the the game of golf, regarding equipment, regarding technology and where everything is going. And I think, you know, one of the reasons why we wanted to bring Michael back on is because with the the, the influx in new technologies, with, with what Callaway is doing with artificial intelligence, they've actually improved on that from last year's Epic Flash line. And it's just truly remarkable what we are doing with uh, with technology these days and how that equates to better equipment for you and me. And then I love the fact that we're able to touch on the USGA distance report a little bit because it kind of offers that that counterbalance side of everything, you know. So I sit back, relax. I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation with one of my best friends in the game, Mr. Michael Verska. I know you love the game, even though it drives every single one of us crazy. Hi, this is Bill Hobson, and I host the Four Golfers Network podcast, where we celebrate golf in every way imaginable. You'll hear interviews with the biggest names in the sport, travel features, special contests, and we even take your calls. So after you listen to Adam and Golf Unfiltered, give us a try. Subscribe to the 4Golfers Network podcast, that's F-O-R-E, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and everywhere else podcasts are found. Welcome back, folks. As I mentioned at the top of the show, we are happy to have back Mr. Michael Verska, now of Callaway Golf, on the show this morning. Michael, how are you? I'm great, Adam. How about yourself? Doing pretty well. Doing pretty well. I think this is the first time we've had you on the show since uh, joining Callaway. And for listeners who are, you know, obviously fans of yours, you've been on the show a few times. Why don't you let us know a little bit about what you're doing at Callaway these days? Yeah, things are great. Been there uh, six and a half, maybe seven months now. Um, and uh, things are going well. It's, uh, it's a new role for Callaway, obviously a new role for me. And 
Uh, my title is Director of Custom Fitting and Player Performance. And I think the first half is fairly self-explanatory is, you know, managing kind of the day-to-day custom fitting stuff, although I have a great team. And uh, really, that's, uh, that was running smoothly before I got there. And so <laughs> I continued to I managed to screw that up yet, so that's good. Um, but uh, but the, the bigger picture things that uh, they brought me on for is, you know, what does future look like? What, excuse me, what does fitting look like in two years, in five years? Um, and the player performance aspect, what parts that, that maybe don't tie to fitting, but, you know, our player performance is it? And again, it's not, nothing I'm committing to now, but is this fitness? Is it psychology? Is it working more closely with coaches? And how do we tie in things that we've learned from, you know, tour fittings uh, even better in, into everyday fittings? And how do we use data? It's, it's a big, big project. And, um, you know, six or seven months has not been enough to, to do anything that uh, is earth-shattering, but I'm very proud of the work I'm doing now. And we have, a, we have an incredible team at Callaway, so it's going to be a fun ride. So we had the chance to run into each other at the PGA Merchandise Show in Orlando. Always good to, to hang out for a little while. And it was uh, it was the first time you had to go back and, and wear a suit and tie and not a quarter zip. I mean, how did that feel? <laughs> uh, well, I got the quarter zips in every night. Um, so I, <laughs> I, I still hit my quota. But, uh, no, it's good, right? I mean, it, you know, Callaway is a, is a great brand. And, uh, you know, Chip Brewer, our leadership, and, you know, they want to, you know, continue to tie in, which they've done an amazing job with the PGA of America. And, um, you know, just to just to make sure that we're representing our brand and our PGA professionals and, and the golf industry as a whole. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I wear shirt and tie Sunday mornings uh, for church, but mm-hmm. uh, not normally, th- not well, actually, not ever through the week, uh, except at the PGA show. And uh, it was uh, it was a fun, great week. But uh, yeah, when I got into some uh, slacks and a pullover at night, I was a little more comfy, but but still great overall. Now, did you have the chance to walk the floor much uh, at the show? Sadly, no. Uh, I was just talking to a couple other industry friends, and you know, I, I had booked out. Uh, I was only there, I was there. Excuse me, Sunday night to uh, basically early, early Friday morning. So, I wasn't the show at all on Friday. And I had blocked out two hours on Thursday and two hours on Wednesday, and all four of those hours. Uh, that, you know, I had blocked them on specifically to walk around, and all four of those hours got filled with friends, which was wonderful. And, mm-hmm. Uh, some new people pitching things to, to Callaway, which some of them were wonderful, some of them not so much. Um, so unfortunately, a little bit, uh, which is which is good, but not as much as I would have liked. Did you notice overall, even not having the chance to walk the floor, uh, did you notice a different feel at all to the PGO, PGA show this, this year? I know we've uh, kind of been talking offline a little bit about it, but what were your impressions just even walking to the booth? Yeah, I, I never saw the official numbers. It, it seemed like, uh, you know, maybe maybe the traffic goes down a little bit, but but I thought the traffic was good. I thought people were engaged. I thought people uh, were generally not, there's always a few exceptions, but generally people were optimistic. I know there's a, a small but woke vocal crowd of people <laughs> who like hate say, "Well, I hate going to the PGA show," and I'm in the exact opposite boat. I love going. I, I love. I love seeing uh, other people, I love talking to people about golf and fitting and, and learning you know, their ideas. So uh, I thought the show was very positive. It was definitely positive for Callaway. It was positive for me as a person. It was positive for me in, in my role that I have now. So, mm-hmm. again, I, maybe a little bit smaller numbers-wise, but, um, but, but, again, I still think it has value. And, and um, you know, we, can get, we could probably spend only about five or six hours on how to make the show better <laughs> and how to change it to make it more relevant. And I know that's not what we're doing here, but I'm, I'm still all in on the PGA show. 
Yeah, it was uh, it was always good to see, you know, not only the the new things that are have already been released, and and in my opinion, that was really maybe one of the biggest differences is that everything was kind of already out, and you can go and just kind of get your hands on it for the first time. So there were a couple new product launches, but one of the the best stories of the PGA Show, of course, is always the Callaway Golf booth, and you guys came out in spades again. I mean, it was just a massive booth. There was a lot of ways that you can interact with both Callaway staff as well as the new products. And one of the new products, of course, is the new Maverick line. And, you know, it's an exciting new product. There's a lot of, you know, there's drivers, fairway woods, hybrids, irons, the whole line. And, you know, Michael, I think the biggest story there, of course, is the artificial intelligence improvements in the design. And so, off the top of your head, of course, what were what's the biggest takeaway from the new design of the Maverick? My understanding is, as it's comparing to the Epic Flash, which was really more focused on the face design with AI, is that a little different with the Maverick this time through? So I, I would say there's two main things. One one is a much more holistic approach from an AI perspective, and, and two is, is similar to what we did on Epic Flash, but very different, is literally each and every face for each and every loft for each and every driver, fairway wood, hybrid, and iron, literally every face is different. And, and that's hmm. something that, that's never been done in golf before, mainly because it's not possible. I, I mean, the number of iterations and, and, and times you'd have to look at different things, it was just not possible by humans. So, uh, and then the holistic approach is different because we can just run iterations where we're looking at, you know, at the different combinations of things. Let's look at the face with the weight here. Let's look with... Let's look with the weight there, but a different arrow package to, to make it fat, faster. Um, you know, is it is it moving the weight to enhance to enhance our spin profile, or is it moving the weight to increase MOI, or is there a, is there a combination of those that maybe a human would never have thought about before that really maximizes performance? So that combination, um, the things that we can do with AI is is truly mind-boggling. I mean, obviously, I'm not designing clubs per se right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but looking back, you know, it makes me feel a little infantile. For, and I was very, I'm still very proud of those products I worked on. But AI is, is such next level um, that uh, it, it really is humbling in many cases. So as somebody and, and as part of your current role who deals a lot with custom fitting, and you've been on the show many times to talk about custom fitting, the fact that each of these clubs has a different face, uh, how does that impact what you do? So a couple ways. One, we know I know I can go in with confidence that we have great product, right? And, mm-hmm. and that's a, that's a good starting point. But then we can look at things a little bit differently. Um, you know, whether you know we've done some cool things with women's products with this year. We have a new uh, a lighter version, so we have the standard women's weight and the lighter weight. Um, so we can come in and try to understand, you know, wh- what separates that player who needs that lighter weight or wants that lighter weight compared to others. For men's product, it's understanding. You know, obviously, from a, we'll just look at the driver perspective. Uh, you know, do you want uh, do you need a sub zero with maybe a little less spin? Do you need the standard model that's a little bit faster? Or do you need the max model that's a little bit more forgiving overall? You know, a little bit more draw bias. So, from a fitting perspective, we can start under you know gathering that data from the, from the players and understand who's choosing what. And even from you know the tour, we have all three of our drivers uh, played on tour and, and, you know, it's a great success there early on. Uh, several wins is that a win at the Vic open here, a few, uh, uh, Victoria open down in Australia a few hours ago. So mm-hmm. uh, it really is taking all of it uh, together. And, and again, not, not looking at it, you know, from the same computer of an AI, but again, that holistic approach. And, and what are we learning 
from the different swing speeds, attack angle, angle of approach, spin rates, you name it, uh, that they're choosing that. And obviously that's a circular conversation, right? Our R&D team is constantly testing players, constantly mm-hmm. hitting things on the robot. So they've got a good handle on which, this, which player this most likely will fit into. Um, and then we find that out, and that goes back in the R&D machine over time. And, you know, we continue to, to iterate, you know, obviously not on Maverick, that's out there, but this will be things that we learn for future generations of products. It's a, it's a great cycle and something I'm excited to, to enhance and be a part of. And for the consumer who's always looking to improve something with their game whenever they're going to, you know, buy a new driver, you've, Callaway's actually made it pretty easy to help uh, at least start that conversation of fitting. And I'm talking about the online driver selector tool. This is something I've not seen before. And is, is this newer for Callaway online? Uh, we, we've had it for before. It was there before I got there. And we, oh, okay. We've enhanced it. We're, we're making some new enhancements. So, uh, yeah, it's been there. It's a great way to get started. Um, but it's, I think that's clear that people understand that's a great way to get started mm-hmm. um, and not necessarily the product they should hit. You know, we, we want product. We want people to go hit the product. Um, but that's a great start to, you know, if you walk in your fitter and, and they say, hey, you know, hopefully they're starting with an interview, that should be the first part of every fitting is to, to understand the player. And if you've got, um, you know, if you're an Arcos user or a Game Golf user, one of the other ones, bring that stuff with you. Um, bring that data to say, hey, this is what I feel, but, you know, this is what I'm seeing in the golf course. This, I went on the Callaway.com, excuse me, CallawayGolf.com, and, and, I, and I did the selector, and it's recommending a max driver. Hmm. Um, here's the questions I answered. Here's what I'm thinking. So, again, that's a wonderful starting point. Um, but we want people to hit the product. Uh, we want people to get fit. We want people on launch monitors. Um, and we want to ensure they get in the right, uh, the right way. But, again, the, the selector tool is a, truly a great data-driven uh, way to, to get started on that. What's interesting, too, about it, Michael, is the fact that, like you mentioned, it's just a, a series of questions that people can go in. They can select their own tendencies. Like, for example, I just did it while we were talking. And, you know, you put in your... You know, whether or not you're right-handed, left-handed, your handicap, your driver uh, average distance, the trajectory that you want to hit it or that you currently hit it. But that seems like some pretty common things that people will know about. But when going into a fitting, what about the consumer who really hasn't thought about, well, how high do I hit it? And do, do I need to bring that down or do I need to hit it a little bit higher? How, how are those questions uh, addressed or how is Callaway hoping to help the player address those questions in a fitting? Well, I mean, the first start is for them to start to think about that, right? I mean, hopefully, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're, they're playing, they're playing sufficient golf and they're, they're playing with different players of, of, you know, different skill levels maybe. So they can see, Oh, you know, my, my one friend shoots in the low seventies and his ball flight does this. My other friend shoots in the hundreds and his ball flight does that. There's things they can learn. And you know, what's the height of that? What's the shot shape? Mm-hmm. Where are their misses compared to my misses? So, you know, even that's a good starting point. But, you know, we want people to go in. We want people to feel comfortable. We want people to hit a launch monitor. And one of the things that's so important, I talked about that interview process, is, you know, the fitting process shouldn't be 400 shots. I mean, people just don't have that many swings in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we want them to come in. We want them to feel comfortable. We want them to get warmed up. And we've got a great tool called Callaway Fits, and it is a little – uh, disc that gets inserted in the butt end of the club, and uh, you make a few swings with that, uh, and it actually recommends a shaft or a series of shafts. So basically, what it's saying is, is you know, this might not be the perfect shaft for you, but we're pretty confident this bundle of five or eight shafts, the perfect shaft for you, is in there. 
Um, you know, it measures your acceleration rate. It, it measures your the, the way you're loading the shaft. It obviously measures club head speed uh, and a few other things. So that's another great tool, data-driven, that Callaway uses in the fitting. So we can narrow down that shaft selection very quickly. So, um, you know, if you're going to get fit for a driver, ask for Callaway fit. It's a great way. And it's not going to say, oh, you have to play this graphite design shaft or you have to play this Fuji Ventus. What it is going to say is, hey, here's five or six, um, sometimes up to eight shafts that fit your profile generally. Now let's hit a couple and get you dialed in. And uh, so, we, we, you know, we just uh, recently had a little blurb about Mark Leishman. You know, he hit three shots with a driver and, you know, knew it was good. Now, obviously, he still took it out on the course and tested it, but it was three swings on the range. It had the launch and spin. Um, you know, the changes that he wanted and the trajectory and, and away you go. So even amateurs, we want to limit the swings, not, not because we, you know, it's not important. It is important, but we want your best swings. Hmm. That 50th swing is no longer your best swing. That 60th swing definitely is no longer your best swing. If you're just been pumping drivers for an hour. So, um, you know, it's just one of those things that we want to get the data, get you narrowed in as quickly as possible so we're getting your absolute best swing. So when you do take it to the course, you can be confident uh, that you're ready to roll. It, it's funny you mentioned a stronger player. Well, that's underselling him, of course, of Mark Leishman. And he com- comes in three shots, knows that it's an improvement for him. It, I always wondered about the better player, like the scratch golfer that comes and, and meets with a custom fitter and that, that golfer that comes in and says, you know what, I know what I need. You're not going to tell me anything different. This is what I want. Is that a a, a more difficult player to, to fit or would you prefer someone to come in with an open mind and to say, you know what, I know what I'm currently playing. Let me know if I can validate that with this new equipment. So, so I, I guess let me. I'm going to go half pregnant on you. We want players <laughs> to come in with an open mind, mm-hmm. but we but we do want them to say, you know, give the feedback like, I want to hit the ball lower. Here's why I want to hit the ball lower. Mm. Can you make? Can you help me do that? that? That's a great comment. That's different than, hey, I need an eight degree driver. Put me in that. That that's a different response. So mm-hmm. if it is a ball flight, hey, you know, I, I'm. I'm for whatever reason, my, my swing lately, I, I've noticed either I have data or I've clearly noticed I'm hitting the ball higher. I don't want to do that. I think I need to hit the ball lower. That, that's an okay comment. We can get on the launch monitor and verify that. Wow, your wow, you're launch angle is 15.2. That's pretty high of somebody your swing speed. We do need to tone that, uh, tone that a little bit lower. So, But going with an open mind about, uh, you know, I look at our max driver. I don't think any tour player would say, hey, I need a, a Callaway max driver, but they went with an open mind. They know they have a certain ball flight tendency they want to hit, and that's the driver they get fit into. So going in with goals, going in with, with what you want the club to do, that's perfectly fine. Just going with an open mind on how the fitter is going to get you there. Um, you know, one of the things I think is a, is a big misnomer is there's only one magical shaft for them. Hmm. There's certainly buckets of shafts, you know, but obviously there's some similar shafts out there. Um, you know, to say that every shaft fits you, that, that, that's a falsehood. There's, that's not true. But there's certainly three or four or five shafts that may fit you. And I'm, I'm doing this in air quotes and it's on the radio, so you can't see it <laughs> perfect. Meaning, you know, meaning they have the right tip profile. They're the similar weight, um, you know, from a torque perspective. So to, to go in there and, and find the one that's right for you, again, that's what we're trying to do, that narrowing concept. But uh, So, again, going with goals, there's, that's wonderful. Hey, I want to do this. I want the ball to do that. Then let, let a truly trained fitter find the club that will help that. For players that come in with that idea 
or the goal in mind, how often is that goal normally distance? Well, uh, so I, th- I think you need to look at what club you're fitting. For a driver, it should all, always be distance. I mean, a driver is a maximum distance club. That, that's, that's why you're using it. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, there has to be a, a, um, a, dis- a dispersion factor in it for sure. Um, but, you know, I think one of the issues is when people go get irons and that's the only thing they want or they start selecting, well, that iron, you know, that seven iron I hit went 168 and that seven iron I hit went 166. So I want the 168 version. Um, I think that's where you can get in some trouble for sure. Um, irons are, are certainly are distant clubs, but it's more about hitting a distance. You know, I want my seven iron to repeat a certain distance over and over and over again. Um, you know, I want this club to have a much tighter, my seven iron, a much tighter dispersion than my driver. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're a better player, you might want to be able to curve it a little bit, depending on your skill level. So uh, when, when you're going in, I mean, I, I don't, I've never heard anyone say, hey, I didn't need a new sand wedge. I'm going to go get the one that hits it farthest. <laughs> so for, for some reason, people have accepted that um, when they go get a wedge fitting. But even in irons, they, they, you know, they tend to go to the one that always goes the longest. And that's that. It was, that at times can be right, but mm-hmm. it shouldn't be the norm for people going to give it. But from drivers, yeah, we want to maximize distance. Um, now, again, that doesn't mean if one driver goes two yards longer than another, that's the right one for you. No, mm-hmm. one that goes 20 yards longer, probably. Well, and that's that's kind of the segue into something that obviously we would be remiss not to talk about, at least at the time of this recording, is the USGA's distance report that was released not too long ago. And unlike our uh, the famous Dustin Johnson. You and I have actually read the report, and uh, there's a lot that goes into all the comments and the conclusions and really not many recommendations from that report. But uh, really, Michael, the whole thing that boils down, if I understand correctly, is you need to have a goal in mind when you go into a fitting. And if it is more distance with the driver, for example, then fine. Uh, but to a comment that you just mentioned about, okay, well, am I hitting it two to five yards further or am I hitting it 20 yards further without compromising control? Uh, that's got to be top of mind for any player that comes in as opposed to just, you know what, I want to hit this thing as far as I can. Yeah, unquestionably. And, and you know, that dispersion is, there's ways to fix it, right? If, are you a genius ahead that's a little more forgiving? Uh, can we change the, put you in a draw setting if, if, if slices, you know, are more issues? Um, you know, and one of the things that I think is interesting is, you know, with some of the the iron things out there, people are, people are the loft jacking crowd out there. No one, um, you know, if you put you in a 12 degree driver because you hit it farther compared to your buddy who's a t- eight degree, you didn't say, well, you're loft jacking your driver. You just get fit. Right. Um, so lots of things go into that. And, you know, from a USJ perspective, they've got a tough task. Um, I, you know, I'm not speaking for Callaway with this next sentence. I'm speaking purely for myself. Sure. I am completely against bifurcation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I understand that people uh, see tour pros hitting at seven miles and they have a problem with that. I, I, again, I struggle with that. I look at somebody like LeBron James, you know, obviously a different sport, but, you know, I, I want to see an amazing athlete do amazing things that people couldn't do 20 years ago. I want to see an athlete do amazing things that that literally blow my mind that's why i you know pay money to go watch them on tv or watch them in real life mm-hmm. uh, or excuse me pay money in real life or watch them on tv it's no different than golfers you know i, I want to see xander shoffley do things with a golf ball that i can't do i think that's really cool mm-hmm. um so you know from that perspective uh again the usj is a tough task because 
there does become a point where skill can be diminished, but certainly from an amateur perspective, um, the game's not too easy. People don't hit it too far. Um, so, uh, again, it, it, from a fitting perspective, it's my job to maximize that and make it easier. Um, and, uh, and it's our R&D teams to, to make the best product possible within the rules of golf, which we always strive to do. Uh, and the USGA has their job. So it's, it's a tough, it's a tough little battle. And I've, you know, had many go-ins with them over the years. And there, there's lots of amazing, good people at, 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 at the USJ. And the one thing that I think everybody needs to realize is they love the game of golf. They, they truly do. And they're passionate about it. So, um, you know, yeah, the report's long. Yeah, it's, there's a ton of data, which is really fun. And yeah, there's not a lot of recommendations, which is interesting, right? They want to continue to study. They, they recognize that, uh, at, least, again, at least my reading of it, they recognize this is a complicated um, subject with, with many different avenues. Is it, is it agronomy? Is it clubs? Is it people? Um, so there's a lot of ways to go, and they'll continue to study, and I hope and pray they make the right decision, whatever that is, when the time comes. Well, and the fact that they are continuing the study, I believe they said they were going to release another one. Well, clearly it's an annual report, but they wanted to wait another 12 months before they were getting another update, basically, from them. And, you know, sticking with the perspective, Michael, of, you know, not being a representative from a brand, but just being a, a golfer who loves the game, uh, was your takeaway that maybe they wanted to put this out there to see what the reaction would be? to help them with the next report or, or how did you interpret that? Well, I, I, obviously they announced the study years ago and I think, uh, again, this, this is a lot of speculation here, but clearly they got to the point where they feel like they've got all or virtually all the data they reasonably can at this point. Um, and trying to put that out there and, and getting a reaction from, from OEMs, from the general public, um, from tour pros who actually read the report, however few that may be. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I, there's there's certainly there, there's certainly some politics or marketing or whatever term you want to use involved in the report, but uh, I don't think anyone who read it can't think that the USJ hasn't done their job from a research perspective that that they haven't done their job from looking at the data. Um, now I you know you for one put up some interesting charts that that weren't in there just by looking at the data differently. So there's always um, you know there's always different ways to slice it, if you will, um, and uh, so, so that's going to happen, but I think they've done a wonderful job of, of getting the data, putting it out there, getting the discussion going um, based on numbers. Because before the discussion was, oh, I saw Rory hit it 390 yards on this hole. Mm-hmm. I saw a Tiger do this. Well, back in the day, Jack Nicholas did this, and back mm-hmm. in the day, Arnold did this. But those were all anecdotal, one-off type numbers, and USJ's done a wonderful job of aggregating it. Well, I think that makes sense. I mean, obviously, from a golfer standpoint, you know, the USGA has a lot of a lot of stakeholders, not only golfers, but also the brands that that sell products to those golfers. And then I guess putting your Callaway hat back on, I mean, that's not much different than brands themselves. I'm sure Callaway has a lot of different stakeholders, golfer types, of course, and and uh, the like that they need to kind of find that right balance. I mean, I'd imagine that's a pretty difficult thing to do for a large brand. Yeah, I mean, Chip Brewer, as uh, the CEO, does amazing, amazing, amazing things and has with the company, and uh, I consider him a friend on top of that. But, yeah, I mean, if, if you look at Callaway, obviously we have, you know, the true state shareholders, people who own stock in the company. We have mm-hmm. a board of directors. We have an incredible, incredible management team, hundreds and hundreds of employees, people who buy the product. So 
when you when you get that all together, you know, Callaway's needs to do the right thing for all those people. But you know, Callaway's also leader of golf, and I again not to put words in in Chip's mind, but I know he takes that very seriously. Mm-hmm. You know, as one of the major brands that. Um, you know, we are a, a critical part of golf and, you know, and, and believe in the USGA and you know, we put a statement out that we support them and, um, you know, we will work with them in whatever way possible to, to, to make this the right decision. You know, we will put our input in, but ultimately the USGA is, is the governing body and, you know, mm-hmm. they, they're, they're going to choose, but, you know, Callaway wants to be a partner and will be and uh, has worked with them in the past. Uh, you know, I know our R&D team works with them to make sure our product's conforming. Um, virtually every day, and, and that's not going to change. So, uh, you know, this great game of golf is amazing with so many people and so many people who care and so many people who are passionate. And, you know, when that happens, some, you know, I don't want to say tempers get flared, but, you know, people get dug in on things. And the right. distance debate over the next few years is, is going to be one of them. Yeah, I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon. And it's certainly going to be. Uh, top of mind of everyone like you, yourself, me, and others who love the game so much, and especially the equipment side of it. And, you know, Michael, uh, once again, listeners, we're talking to Michael Verska of Callaway Golf. Um, Michael, I know that you probably can't officially comment on what I'm about to bring up next, but clearly we are seeing some players who may be out of, uh, who may be outside of an equi- equipment contract trying Callaway Maverick and one very notable individual, Brooks Kepka, was seen on social making a switch mid-tournament, no less. I'd imagine that a mid-tournament switch from one driver brand to a next is pretty rare. I mean, have you have you seen anything like that before? Uh, well, no, nothing comes to mind. I mean, golf's been going on for a long time, so I'm sure it has happened. And I, I, I will comment on Brooks' meaning that I saw the picture and everybody else saw. Mm-hmm. I, I sent a note to a good friend of mine who runs our tour and. Obviously, uh, our, our tour operations, and obviously he was aware of it beforehand, but uh, but that's great, right? I mean, I, again, not comment Brooks specifically, other than the generality that, you know, he's been very vocal about not having equipment deals, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's using our driver right now, and time will tell what that means, but, you know, we're very proud. We have with numerous people on numerous tours using Maverick, using Odyssey, using Toulon, um, that aren't on our staff. And obviously a majority of them do that. That's part of the game is OEMs pay players, but, uh, Callaway has a very strong contingent of, of people using Maverick drivers and fairway woods, um, and, and Odyssey putters that we don't pay, which is, which is truly wonderful. Obviously you're winning that game purely on merit. Um, and we're proud of that. We're proud of, you know, quite frankly, our fitting team at DCPC works with a lot of these players when they happen to come through, uh, to get players in, in, into those clubs and our, our fitters on tour, um, who we learn a lot from, who are out there working every day getting players in the right clubs. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's great because when I, when I hear those things and, and get some of the feedback on how we got those players, believe it, and, and I mean this, that some of that stuff is getting into how we are going to fit average golfers in the future. So, um, you know, we're, one of the things we're really doing is trying to take this big, awesome uh, machine of Callaway that, you know, sometimes, well, the tour's over here and this guy's doing that and this guy's doing that. It's sometimes tough to get them all together, but from a fitting perspective, uh, we're really wrapping our arms uh, around each other to, to take those lessons from, from a tour player who maybe wasn't our staff that we switched into our, our driver. And how did that happen? And what did we learn from that fitting mm-hmm. experience? And how does that tie into a 16 handicapper who, you know, needs Maverick Max? So it, it's really cool to see um, and it's great for Callaway. And in a personal perspective, I think it helps me in my job, which also mm-hmm. will ultimately help 
you know, golfers out there, which is, which is also fun for me. Once again, folks, that's Mr. Michael Verska from Callaway Golf. And, Michael, thanks again for coming on the show. Last question for you. Obviously, we've spoken a lot about uh, Maverick. We've talked a lot about how fitting is being impacted by artificial intelligence. What's the one thing that you're most excited about, one or two things that you're most excited about with the new Maverick club family? Uh, I think the drivers are amazing. And what we've done to to understand about um, – spin rate across the face and i don't think this is going to be super sexy out there because it's a little more confusing but i'll take just a minute you know what we've done to understand uh, about and how to get the spin rate consistent across the face so you don't have it when you're hitting a little high on the face you lose a thousand rpms you hit a, low, a little low on the face you hit it 1200 um, that's what we call spin robustness is really amazing things and it how it ties how moi comes together it ties how the face comes together it ties in where the weights are placed. So it, it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in, in the commercials, we talk about, you know, a different kind of forgiveness. And it's not just, hey, let's measure MOI and call it forgiving. That's certainly part of it. Um, but how, again, from an AI perspective, we've been able to look at things more holistically across multiple parameters to truly affect performance is amazing, period. Uh, and again, somebody coming from somebody who's designing clubs, thinking, wow, we used to look at two or three things and be real proud of ourselves. Um, you know, AI can virtually look at everything, and it really has with Maverick, and it's amazing uh, how that's going to help golfers and the consistency they're going to see out there. Folks, once again, Michael Verska of Callaway Golf. Be sure to go out to CallawayGolf.com, take a look at everything new with the Maverick line of clubs, drivers, fairway woods, hybrids, irons, and of course they got a lot of other great stuff there too that you want to check out. So Michael, it's always a blast to have you on. We'll do it again very soon. I look forward to it, Adam, always. Thank you, my friend.